And welcome back to Kidman Talk. I am here again with Craig Wilson. Heyo. And we are back for podcast number 103. Woo! That's big. That's big. Huge. That's huge. What amazes me is how many people who not only tell me they've listened to all of them, but have re-listened to them. So that's always very encouraging. Well, we are continuing our series um, for newbies or people who just need to kind of reboot and restart even in their current ministry. Both Craig and I are in new ministries. Our last podcast, if you missed it, we talked about kind of the first bucket of ideas and feedback that I've been collecting on things to do when you're starting new. And we talked about just that whole aspect of being to listen and learn and evaluate. And of course, that should never stop. Um, but it's really ramped up when you're new. Well, today we're going to kind of shift into uh, kind of probably why you were hired, uh, maybe why they even made a change. There's some things broken. So we're going to talk about fixing what's broken and uh, in some ways just getting some quick wins. Uh, that was the phrase you used. I really like that. So uh, sit back and relax and enjoy. I hope you get some great ideas, but I hope you'll also leave some feedback on the Facebook discussion that's linked in the show notes for this podcast as we talk Kidman when you're starting over. Hey, Craig, it's really great to... Uh, just kind of continue the conversation. I've never done this before. Usually the podcasts, I feel like they're sometimes too long. And so I love this idea of kind of breaking them into smaller conversations. Really enjoyed chatting with you um, just a few minutes ago. Yeah, what was great on that one was uh, there was, I think what gave us great content was a lot of the uh, questions that we got from uh, people on on your Facebook page. Yeah. People came with some great questions that jump-started things that we've been through and other people have experienced. You know, it's just all of us are smarter than one of us. This is a great network of people. And so uh, we're going to continue to do the same on the same big idea of uh, jumping into a new ministry, but uh, different kind of narrowed and lasered into uh, quick, quick wins and, and fixing what's broken. Yeah. You know, we, um, by the way, if you're not a member of our Kidology Facebook group, I know there are a lot of children's ministry Facebook groups. I'm a member of them too. They're all great. What really makes ours unique is its focus on the content of Kidology. Um, in fact, a lot of you that I've been quoting in this podcast or the last one and will be, um, it's because you're part of that group. We collected all this feedback from the Facebook group and from some friends that I emailed and one that I even called, um, my good friend Stanley, who's done a podcast with me before. I asked him, he's, he's relatively new to his ministry, a little longer uh, than the two of us. And he, he said, you know, Carl, I started out, I listened. That was our last podcast. I watched, um, which is similar to listening. That's just the visual. And, and then he said, I, I just loved on him. I tried to build a team atmosphere, and I built trust. And we talked about that last time. But I love this. Um, those are kind of predictable. Nothing against Stan. He's right on the money. Um, but but uh, this one, nobody else has said. He said, I eliminated dead time. Hmm. Um, And I said, what do you mean by that? Just in your service? He said, anywhere I find dead time, I eliminate it. He had said, things need to move. They need to start. Um, And he said, it creates an energy and and a movement. and um, And I love that. And I think that's one of those things that when you come in, um, that the people who are there all the time may not notice it because they're kind of used to it. You know, the kids' service just kind of starts around the start time and I get mm-hmm. there might be relational time with kids playing games and stuff but it's like well we'll start when we get around to it or there's dead time between things you know mm-hmm. when the, they'll start the video and then the video's not queued up and 
So then you're kind of filling time while the sound people are trying to you know, fix that. We all have that happen when things go wrong. That happened to me last Sunday where something was wrong with the audio, and I was like, <laughs> you know, and we and we got through that. Um, you have tech issues in your children's ministry? <laughs> you know, it's so funny. You don't I, pray hard enough, Carl. i got to tell you, over the years, I've had people visit my church because of Kidology, especially back early on when Kidology was one of the few kids' ministry websites. I would have... People that mysteriously appear in the back of my kids' church with their little clipboards and taking notes. <laughs> That's and, always the best. And they would never tell me ahead of time that they were coming. I wish they would because I would have, you know, invited them to lunch or something. But sure. they were. They would tell me later um, that they felt like I might put on a show for them. They wanted to see me unscripted or whatever. Right. And so they would take their notes, and then afterward. I would. They would introduce themselves and oh, we're we're Kidology members and we came to spy on you and you know, and uh, so I'd say, well, what what did you see? What'd you learn? And and I can't tell you how many times people said the most encouraging thing that we observed today was how many things went wrong. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I introduced yeah. the skit and no one appeared and I had to go yeah. like, we're trying to start the skit, you know, oh, you know. And they said they just made, because they thought they were going to come to my church and see like oh, this, gosh. you know, polished television production. Yeah. And I was like, no, it's kids church, you know. Yep. Um, and uh, we, we're all just, you know, we're working with volunteers and if we're training kids, you know, it's going to be fine. But I love that looking at what, other people don't see. Yeah. And, um, you know, I've, I've instructed my worship leader, they are to start on time, even if not, I'm not in the room. Because I can get, I might be greeting a new family. I might be dealing with a check-in problem. Um, I might be over in preschool because someone didn't show up and I'm, I'm combining classes or whatever. But I'm like, don't wait on me. I'm just a kid's pastor, you know. Yeah. Um, just start singing. I'll, I'll hear the music, and I'll know you've begun. I've actually engineered that someone else does the initial welcome. And we don't even welcome. We just start the first song. I mean, the yeah. kids are still playing. And I say, you just, and I actually tell the sound guy, you start the service. You just start the first worship song. Worship leader, if they're not up there, well, well they'll be up there. And, um, and I have till the end of worship to show up. And I typically want to be in there and worship with the kids and interact with the kids. Um, but just, I don't want that dead time. So that, that's a great thing that Stanley pointed out, um, just to keep things humming along. Yeah. I, I think, um, you know, being intentional, uh, is important. Um, and even, you know, for me, Carl, walking into, uh, this new ministry and you know they've had some um they've had some tough transition and um man they had someone was doing a great job being the glue holding some things together but literally as i was coming in they were leaving so i had like no opportunity to spend time with this person and hey let's talk through what's needed here and there and they were you know doing a great job of keeping glue together on things but um, there's a lot of systems and structures that are broken where i'm at and right now, all the kids, uh, you know, I prefer kids to start off in small group, then come into a large group. It's an event, and you're coming to something, and it's that same thing. There's no dead time. Once they come in, it's welcoming, and then the song starts, and you go, and you go, and then it finishes, and you're back to the small groups. But even in the small groups, every activity, everything's intentional. So there's not really dead time in there. It's a little more free form. But um, what I've come into with right now, all the kids being in large group, both hours, um, there's no structure, and so they just had like tons of toys out. And this is for first through fourth grade, all over the room, and it is is chaos. Like I was twitching, <laughs> I was twitching, going. And there's Nerf arrows flying over me, and giant stacking cups being thrown and falling. And I, you know, a new a new person, a visitor, 
walks into that, a mom or a dad, or, and especially a lot of times a kid who doesn't do well with that, and they're like, I don't want to be in here. So that, you know, if you don't have, if you've got dead time, you got a problem. And some kids are okay with dead time. They know how to handle themselves, but some kids like, we don't know what to do. When do we start? Yeah, it's like my mom used to say, if you don't have a plan for the kids, they'll have a plan for yeah, you. Yeah, it probably involves you being duct taped to a wall. Yeah. <laughs> and I have a story about that for another time. <laughs> <laughs> so there may be program fixes. Sure. You may come in there and say, this program's not working. Sometimes it's not a functional thing that's broken. Sometimes it's an intangible. Um, it may be just that people are discouraged. And you say, you know what, I've got to encourage people. Yeah. Um, it, it may be um, a complacency or, or a laziness or, a, or a people, you know, showing up whenever they want. You know, it's really taking a hard look and going, you know, what what's the fires that need to be put out? If the, if the staff above you, if they made a change in leadership, there obviously was a change for a reason. And so you want to make sure you know what were those things that led to the demise of your predecessor. It might be wise to address those things first, yeah. uh, lest you go the way that they went. And so it's taking a hard look at those and, and fixing those. Things. It's, you know, and it's, I mean, we talked about the two audiences last time. You have the volunteer audience, you know, what's frustrating them mm-hmm. that you could fix, or you could look at it from a family perspective, you know, like here, one of the first things I had to address was check-in. I mean, it was just a mess. Um, last Easter check-in was out the door. They're just in, you know, the software was changing. They added iPads. The system we use is not my favorite, but it's one I've got to stick with for now. Um, but I knew I had to fix that, and I had to dive in. My last church, I had an admin. I knew nothing about check-in. My admin, that was her responsibility. She rocked it. She was awesome at it. She's now the director there. So, I mean, she obviously had great skills. But here I had to dive in. I had yeah. to say, you know what, this is something I have to fix. I cannot delegate this. I had help. My admin here dove in with me. But I couldn't just shove that off. It was like, this needs to be addressed. So there may be something like that that you've got to address. And that, that third audience I have as a little note here is the boss. What does your boss want fixed? There may be things that that are important to him that may not even be that important to you or anybody else, but he's a pretty important person to keep happy. And there may be some things that just agreeing with him is not necessarily important. There are some things that are just going to be important. Like at our church, you can see right out here on the podcast studio, the nursery is visible to the lobby. Right. And so to my pastor, that being well-staffed and clean and well-organized is a high priority to him. He's also got like, Six grandchildren that are in there. Yeah. <laughs> his kids keep yeah. having babies. Yeah, so half the nursery jealous. ministry is, is his children, his yeah. grandchildren. But that's important to him. And so yeah. I know one of my priorities is the nursery. And that's not a criticism because he might listen to this. That this, I'm just saying that's a reality. That's important to him. It better be important to me. Right. And so you need to know what's important to your boss and make that important to you. Yeah, and this, this springboards off of the last podcast session about listening and learning is, is prioritizing what what needs to be fixed. And that's tricky. That's hard to do because, you know, you could come in and you could fix, you know, you could one fix things that, all right, yes, these need to be fixed, but Hey, these can wait. Yeah. Uh, And, and and it's hard when there are things that you're passionate about. Right. You know, like for me in my, in my 20 plus years of ministries, a kid's crew has always been like my favorite thing. Yeah. And for reasons I won't get into here on the podcast that I've had to shelve that for now. Carl, let's get into that. Let's get into that. Yeah. And, um, (laughs) But I've, I've, I've had to set that aside and yeah. focus on some other things. And, and we, will, we will be doing that here. But, um, but 
I can't just do what what's my favorite thing. Yeah, um, I have to go. What's what's the most important for the ministry right now? Yeah, and, I think um, I think one of the things that's important too is is and this is that tricky balance is you know sometimes you come in and you don't want to you don't want your how people look at you is you're the guy that just is taking everything away. And there may be things that need to be changed, but what are you adding value to? What's the added value you're bringing in? Because if you just start stripping things without any added value, and, and in some situations you're walking into a place that, man, they've experienced so much loss. Uh, we talked about this a little bit ago. You're, you're taking away their security blanket. It's the last couple things that we're holding on yeah, to. Yeah, you mentioned that over lunch, that sometimes we want to change things that are bad, but if they've already been through a ton of change even before you, that thing that you just cringe that might be their last yeah. favorable thing that they're holding that they love. And so it may need to be changed, but is that the thing that needs to be changed right now? So w- w- how are you bringing added value as then you, you know, um, wean things out that you see need need changing? Um, because you you want and that I think that speaks to the family side of things, right? The volunteers some too, but the family side of things as well. You know, are you canceling programs that were you know, uh, cherished, those kind of things. So, um, so yeah, looking at what's broken, fixing the right things that need to be fixed right now is important. Um, and determining those is difficult. Then, um, quick wins. What are some quick wins you can get? You know, for, for you and I, uh, we're both kind of upfront, you know, communicators and we can get a room full of kids, you know, excited and, and having fun and, you know, for, for me stepping in, I stepped in a situation where, the, again, the structures and systems weren't operating to what um, they, they had been in the past. And so kids weren't doing any worship and, uh, you know, the teaching was just, it just, just wasn't a lot of excitement and fun. So I know I can do that. Do I want to be doing that every Sunday for the next year? No, I want to build teams for that. But right now I know, hey, I can step up here, lead some worship, do some teaching and have some fun and get kids at least like, oh, man, I want to be here. Yeah, I know our pastor's concern here was that kids ministry attendance was on a steady decline. Mm -hmm. Um, And and that had to be turned around. You know, so when we hit a record attendance in the middle of September, that was huge. Summer's always going to be challenging, um, but we had record attendance over last summer, you know, just as we ramped it up. And it just was making summer really fun. Retaining visitors became a huge goal going, okay, I need to make sure that we we make the Sunday ministry experience so fun for kids that they want to come back. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've posted in the Facebook group some of the videos that I, the volunteers that t- talked about on the podcast before, you know, we started doing like balloons for visitors and smiley stickers on the visitors. I've posted about the spinner because the fidget spinners are huge. And so we created High Point Kid fidget spinners. And so we've had tons of visitors. We had kids bringing friends, you know, and those kind of early wins, they create energy. And every Sunday we take a picture of all the kids with their fidget spinners. And then they go on the Facebook group. Um, We have a closed group for parents and volunteers um, and for church folks. And and so we celebrate that. We have a staff text thread. And I share that stuff with the text, with the staff, so that so they can kind of see that energy and excitement. So you want to you want to create that energy. What can I do to, to, to kind of create some flash and some excitement? You know, we end of summer we did kids church outside and we did a so long summer party, and I I blogged about that. In fact, I wrote a little article. I think it's in the last group 
children's history magazine on the elementary column. I wrote about that, about breaking the mold. Yeah. And just doing, that was the title of the, of the article, was Break the Mold. Do something totally different that's fun. Do something that's not a long-term change. It was yeah. just, just for this one Sunday, we're going to go outside, we're going to play games, I'm going to worship with the guitar. You know, I, I got a puppet. The kids all love the puppet, Gus, and the fact that he's been in big church a couple of times. Um, that was a lot of fun. But it's not changing everything. You know, Joel Smith uh, mentioned here, he says, I'd say step one is maintain. For the most part, uh, keep what you're doing. And once you've maintained, begin to merge with the mission. I love that. Obviously, you were hired for a reason, so you do need to be headed in a direction. But start to market the mission. Then people will know why you're making changes. And then some other people chimed in about uh, Marty Martin said, I actually think making some changes in the first year is a good idea. People expect you to do that uh, after taking the first half of the year to, to talk and observe, mm-hmm. listen and learn. Um, but then take that second six months and make a couple of significant changes that you believe God has put on your heart. Uh, Brandon True, a good buddy of mine who's a missionary in Ireland now, uh, he replied, um, they started making changes after three months. You know, But he stepped into a, a ministry that had no children's ministries on the mission field. He's in Ireland. And so he stepped in there. Well, he's not going to take a year. You know, He's in a situation where they, they've raised support and gone there. They want to see something. Yeah. You know, so there, there's a balance. And, and there's no formula that we can give people for how much and when. Yeah. The Holy Spirit's going to give you that time. Right. Um, the key is that you're in tune with the people, in tune with the leadership above you. Um, this is a funny book to recommend. <laughs> um, but if you've not read The Art of War, mm-hmm. um, it is a great children's ministry book. Or I should say it's a good leadership book. Uh, I forget the name of the author. Anyway, it's The Art of War. I'll Google here while we're talking. But it's, you know, it's a battle is won uh, before it's waged. In other words, you assess your resources before you yeah. engage something. You, Whether you succeed or fail is going to be determined ahead of time. You don't have to wait to find out. Yeah, I, I think bring bring out you know but, bring but out one of your oh, real ahead, quick. Your the, that, that's one. That's a sample here. Anyway, the quote. I, the reason I brought the book up is my favorite quote from the book. Sung T Z U. How do you say that? Zoo. Sung Zoo. Close enough for me. Close enough for me. All right. Someone will I'm sure correct me in, in on Facebook. But my favorite quote out of the whole book. It's like a book of proverbs. Is a general too far ahead of his army is perceived as the enemy. And I needed that early on in ministry because, like, I talked about Moody Church. Was that the last podcast or was that this one? Where, Yeah, that was the last podcast where I talked about, like, I had a bazillion team. I mean, I was so far ahead of my volunteers that they're like, okay, good luck, Carl. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I had to backtrack, you know, because you can get so far ahead that yeah. now you're the enemy. Well, that reminded me of a quote uh, that the pastor, I don't think it was from him, but he, he brought it into a staff meeting one time. And I wrote this down, and this is great. Um, leadership is the art of disappointing people at a rate they can handle. Ooh. And that is, I'm like, oh my gosh, that is so brilliant. The art of disappointing people at a rate yeah. they can handle. If you, and coming in new, that's what it is. If you start making too many, it's such a, man, this is such, if you figure this out, write a book and Carl will have you on because I'm not the right guy for this. I'm trying to, I, I asked him to do this podcast because I needed help. But it is is as what's the that right amount? When is sometimes it's like you waited too long to make changes. You made too many changes too quick. Yeah, uh, you know it's such a fine art of doing that, and that's where hey, praying and God hear me out and Holy Spirit help me with this because it is a fine balance. But um, 
you don't want too much disappointment. And so I say, you know, look for, again, back to that added value. Even, you know, um, you don't want to just uh, travel the worn paths of your success from before only, but, man, pull, pull out your greatest hits box. Mm-hmm. You had an event that you did at your last ministry that slayed it. Bring that and find something that this church hasn't done and add that in. And, you know, maybe even before you take anything else away, add that in and give them something new that they haven't done. Uh, that would be like or borrow from others. <coughs> yeah. Well, this year uh, our church used to do a uh, Christmas carols <coughs> by candlelight me. event, but since Christmas is on Christmas Eve, they're shifting that to just Christmas Eve Sunday. Mm-hmm. So it freed up that Friday night mid month, and I said, "Can I have that date?" Yeah, and uh, I just stole from a church that Sarah and I attended in the past, and they did a gingerbread house building night with families. Yeah. We loved it partly because we won first place in design. Um, and we're very proud of that, and we're hoping to repeat that. Um, I'm probably disqualified now that I'm the kids' pastor, but yeah. uh, but it was a fun night where the we just the church provided all the supplies, and we played together, and we built together, and it was messy. And then there was anonymous judges because it's just your a number, not your name, so no one knew who the winner was until until it was announced, or who's got right. number, whatever. And we were delighted that we won, and and so we're we're bringing that, and yep. uh, so some of that stuff's fun. I love what Brandon True said on Facebook. He said, uh, um, "Oh, he wrote two comments. I've about read the wrong one. The one I was going to misread, which is really good. He says, meet, greet, and uh, be friendly to the church janitor. Get them on your side. <laughs> they can be your ministry's best friend or a terrible thorn in your side. Um, th- th- that's probably good. That's probably under yeah. uh, listen and learn. Uh, but his other comment that he also wrote was start building the culture of your ministry early. Mm-hmm. Your culture becomes what you permit and what you promote. And he says that's a nugget of wisdom from Craig Grishel. Um But one of the things I, I had said in an early email here or a text message, I forget, but I, I made this a side comment before it became a motto. I just said, we want to make Sunday the high point of our kids' week because we're high point church. And my pastor replied to that and said, ooh, I like that, you know, yeah. good job or clever or something like that. And, um, and of course, because he resonated with it, mm-hmm. I said, ooh, that, that is good, you know. Yeah. Um, and I've used for years the so, motto. So you because- copyrighted it. Yeah, trademarked it. Yeah, now you're going to sell it back. Yeah, to yeah, you. you can't use that without making a <laughs> donation to Kidology. Um, but I've always used this motto uh, because Jesus loves children, and I've kind of hung every why, why do we do this yeah. because Jesus loves children. That's kind of been my it's my signature of literally when I sign my name because Jesus loves children, Carl Bastian. But I thought you know what this ministry with a name like High Point, um, I love that. Yeah. And so every text message we send out, the reminders. You know, say uh, this Sunday, thanks for serving as we strive to make Sunday the high point of our kids' week. When my emails go out, they, you know, I'm trying to create the culture that, that that's our goal. And yeah, we're trying to lead kids to Christ and we're trying to teach the Bible and we're trying to disciple them. Mm-hmm. But we can't do that if they don't come to church and we can't do that if they don't like being at church right. just because they come because their parents make them. Right. So so we're making that kind of our culture. We, we want to make this the high point of their week because if it is through the spinners and everything, yeah. else, then all that other higher and more loftier things can happen. Right. Um, but I love that. A, a, a culture... Of um, mistakes being okay, yeah. You know, a culture of me owning it. I was talking to a volunteer last night um, who felt like they were letting me down because they weren't doing as much as they probably could, 
And I said, oh, no, that's, that's on me. I said, I have not even provided you a job description yet. So you're doing this role. Everything you're doing, you're doing because of initiative. Yes, you could be doing more, but you can only do what you're asked to do. And I said, until I, until I get around to giving you that detailed job description, yep. um, that's all on me. And I could see her like, oh, because mm-hmm. she kind of thought, well, I wonder if Carl's thinking they should be doing this and they should be doing that. And it's like, I might be thinking that, but, I, but, but I'm only frustrated at myself. So it's a culture of, of you're okay and you're doing okay. I had one volunteer in another significant area leadership here who's a school teacher. And as I talked about elevating her to a leadership role, she said, I would love to do that. She's already kind of doing it anyway, but I was formalizing it. And she said, but I'm a school teacher, and what's really hard for me is December and May because I'm grading papers. I said, well, you're a volunteer. How about you just don't do December and May? Yeah. That's you know, great. and she was a little taken back. Well, how will, you, how will you manage this? It's the person in charge of check-in. I said, that's not your problem. Yeah, we'll that's my out. problem. Yeah. I'm the kid's pastor. Yeah. It's my job to staff the check-in. <laughs> and so she's going to be completely relieved of all responsibility during those two months. But that's a culture of, I'm here to serve you. The problems are my problem. Like, I have a worship leader stepping down. And she was trying to solve who's going to replace her. And I said, don't worry about that. Now, if you can help with that, it's awesome that you want to replace yourself. But you you need to step down for good reasons. It's my problem to replace that person. So it's, it's creating a culture that lets people relax. Yeah, and you, you, have, you have to get in front of your people and find what are the multiple ways, because we need to communicate multiple ways with, with leaders now, right? Yeah. But, but you have to be communicating that culture. And I had a similar thing happen just this past Sunday. And this is a leader that I've only met once, but she showed up and she's there at church. And I'm just asking her how her morning's going. And she said something, but sorry, I'm late. And my husband had to take my daughter to the ER. And I was like, what are you doing here? What, what did your daughter have to go to the ER for? She may have broken this. Leg. And I just looked at her and I said, I said, why, why are you here? And she said, oh, I didn't want to let you down. And, uh, you know, and I, I had this commitment. And I said, your commitment first is God and your family and then this ministry and then making sure I have a breakfast burrito every week. But right now, you need to be at the ER. We'll be fine. We'll figure this out. And, and there was the same thing. That's such a relief. But a small thing. It's creating a culture for her that I, again, we talked about this last podcast. I care more about who you are than what you can do for yeah. me. Um, but so one of the things, um, if find out, are you, do you have a regular weekly meeting? Do, do, you, do you gather your troops? Um, I found out that our, our team is not meeting before the service. And that's a big thing for me. You know, I wanted to do that in my last ministry. And it, because it wasn't part of the culture, I was never mm-hmm. able to start that. When I found out here or in the first few weeks that my predecessor, they had a huddle. Yeah. Every morning, they yep. both. Uh, they were like, "Are you still going to do the huddle? You guys have a huddle." I know. I said, yeah. "Absolutely, we are keeping that going." In fact, I emphasize it even more. But I was so grateful that he established that. Yeah, you're creating a culture of of you know you're it's it's I I, I like the old the old gritty cop shows from the seventies and eighties and they're in there and they're talking about Go Jack. What, what yeah what their plans are for the day we got to get out there and it's always a watch your backs out there you know and then. Go in good faith, you know, God be with you. And, and it's important. You get a chance to pray together, even just real quick. You're connecting with each well, other. Well, I ask who's got kindergarten first, who's got second, yep. third. And then if there's a gap, I can figure out whether we're going to combine small groups. And um, and it's gotten to where they know I'm like, if they're not there, I text them. Hey, are you okay? Like, did yeah. you get a car wreck or did you die yeah. or something? And so they'll, they'll now text me. In fact, I had one volunteer who faced 
FaceTimed in to to a friend, and she was she was there in the huddle with FaceTime. Oh, that's I awesome. So, I was so that's impressed. Yeah. Um, you know, Joy uh, Femster, and I may not be saying her name correctly, but she said to talk to someone who's been there, an experienced leader. Uh, but she said, don't try to change everything at once. But I like this. Make sure your time with God is regular mm-hmm. and scheduled. And there was another person here, which I may not be able to find. Oh, here, Will Dorsett said to set aside time to be in the word um, and also to get in a network of ministers, um, even if it's just one. Um, we need we need to um, get with others and be in the word because fixing what's broken is not just programmatic. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, in, we're in a spiritual battle. And uh, we need to be in the Word. We need to be listening to God. We need to be saying, God, what is your plan for this ministry? Yeah. Um, and he may surprise us. And it may not be fixing a program or adding a program. It might be a, eliminating a program. That, that reminds me, Carl, one of the things that I, I have done, um, and I just did this as well. So the first, one of the first things I did is I, I immediately, within I've only been there a month, literally a month, and uh, I right away gathered all the leaders uh, and um, just to get them together, even a little bit of appreciation. Hey, I don't know you, but I can appreciate you because I know children's ministry volunteers. And um, then it's some vision casting, like bigger picture, um, a reminder of why we're here. Um, but what I did is I handed out a, uh, uh, a, kids, a kids ministry prayer guide. And I also handed it out to all of my staff and said, hey, before we run ahead of God, let's make sure God's we're putting God ahead of us. Can you send me a copy of that? I absolutely will send and, a copy and let of me, that. Let me and post full, that full disclosure, it, it's it's kind of pulled from um, stuff from uh, that I got from Craig Jutia, uh, Empowering Kids, and um, or who will you empower and kind of just you know hybrid of that. But yeah, I'll send that. We can post that up. But man, I got such a great response from that from our leaders. Just of just hey, this is awesome. Almost like it, you know. Yeah, of course. Like it seemed like, yeah, of course we would do this, but it was refreshing to instead of coming in and saying, we're going to do this and this and this and that. What that does is it's a culture thing again, is that where God is leading us matters, not where I'm leading you. Where God is leading us in, this is shared. So right out of the gate, we're all praying together where God is leading us. And so it's, I think it's one of those things that unites our leaders and even maybe some that were maybe been disgruntled or um, discouraged. Uh, we're could, uniting could, could around some of the same in. things. Yeah, pull them back in. And so um, I got that out to my staff. I got that out to our children's volunteers. And then I send a reminder, uh, maybe post it on your Facebook page if you have a leader Facebook page. Hey, let's this week pray specifically about these things. Um, let's pray about these things, and it's you know, and it's praying for volunteers, and then it's I love other that. stuff is I love praying I can't for wait vision to, and praying. I can't for, wait to see that. Yeah, I'll, I'll send that, and you can post that. Up. So we've talked about listening and learning and evaluating, but obviously we don't want to get stuck there. We also need to fix some things. It could be programmatic things. It could be things the boss wants fixed, things boss. that families want fixed, volunteers need fixed so that they can we set them up for success. Um, but most importantly, as we ended, things that God wants fixed. But I really love the transition there because as you as you gave them that, you 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 raised the whole bar of kids ministry. Mm. And in our next podcast, we're going to end with kind of a third bucket, and that's really while we're listening and learning and fixing things, we need to expire and we need to excite and we need to create some energy um, and show the kids ministry is going somewhere. So join me and Craig again next time.